Today's episode of Green Seas is made possible by our sponsor, Bureau Veritas, your partner in shaping a better maritime world. This is Green Seas, the podcast by Tradewinds about the environment and the business of the ocean. I'm Eric Priante-Martin, and today we're going to explore a new technology that may be coming to a port near you, battery swapping. Think of power tools. That's my drill. I don't use it much, so I just charge it when I'm done using it to put some piece of IKEA furniture together or to work on some school project for my son. But if I wanted to go all day, I would likely find it easier to have a second battery so I could use that while I'm charging the first. What PowerSwap is effectively is very similar to the concept of a power tool that you have at home where you can swap energy storage into and out of the the power tool to enable you to keep working whenever the batteries are finished. Now, we've taken that idea, if you want, and scaled it up uh, into much bigger applications. That's Brent Perry, chief executive of Shift Clean Energy. He's a former shipbuilder who's now focused on energy storage, that is, bringing batteries to shipping. And he's talking about PowerSwap. The idea of PowerSwap is to build electric ships whose depleted batteries can be exchanged for fully charged ones, like my drill here. Perry's Vancouver-based company is not alone in pursuing this idea. In the Netherlands, Zero Emission Services has developed an exchangeable battery pack that's the shape of a 20-foot shipping container. It's installed the system on a vessel that operates in the Dutch inland shipping market. And over here in the U.S., Fleet Zero wants to build ships that use its swappable marine battery systems. But I wanted to ask Perry about PowerSwap because of what Shift Clean Energy is doing in Singapore where the company has worked with partners to build the first short-sea freighter that will use the technology. The vessel is called Hydromover. But while I was working on this episode, Shift Clean Energy also announced a preliminary deal with Japanese shipbuilder Mirai Ships to build a vessel that will use the technology in the offshore wind sector by charging smaller crew transfer vessels that would be outfitted with power swap batteries. All these initiatives are aimed at making batteries a more viable option for making zero-emission shipping possible. Now, From my layman's perspective, I would have guessed that the main benefit of swapping a battery was time savings. The biggest headache of owning my electric car is the amount of time I have to spend at chargers. But for Perry, time is not the main driver. If you take into account fast charging, we can do that with batteries. We can charge our batteries in as quickly as 10 minutes. But the impact of fast charging is one, the charging infrastructure is quite expensive because you need a much higher capacity, and two, the battery life is significantly shortened when you fast charge them in that period of time. So when we looked at the idea of putting on only enough energy to do the job, which is the approach here, um, the expectation was how can we make this so that it's financially viable for that operator? Now, if I fast charge and my battery is going to last only a third of the time that it would, uh, or that it could, I suppose, then my cost of a kilowatt hour is significantly higher. If I can slow charge the batteries, say one or two hours charge the batteries, then I can get much longer calendar life and amortize the cost of electricity over many, many more cycles, literally in our case, 15,000 cycles, which brings the cost of electricity typically down into the uh, produced electricity to about two cents a kilowatt hour. So swapping is more affordable and it extends the life of batteries because those fast charging stations that can power up a vessel in minutes take a toll on those batteries, limiting how far they'll be able to travel on a single charge and how long they'll last before they have to be scrapped. Here's how PowerSwap is going to work in Singapore. 
The Hydromover will have six battery packs known as E-Pods. The ship will start its day at the port of Singapore with fully charged batteries, but when they need charging, onboard software will notify the operator when it's time to return to a power swap station. So we always carry inventory on the shore so that we can make a transition for the customer very quickly and let them get back out and do their jobs. So in the case of the Hydromover, a swap was going to take about 12 minutes in total to move all six of the E-Pods on and off the vessel. And it gives them a working range of about 70 nautical miles at 12 to 13 knots speed. And they operate within the Port of Singapore, so the range isn't much of an issue for them. But the ability to carry freight all around the port for several hours is the key to their performance. At the same time, they're going completely zero emission. So it's fully electric vessel, no emissions whatsoever. Perry said the 1,600 light sea freighters that operate in Singapore each burn 800 liters of fuel per day. Not only does the Hydromover burn no fuel to do the same job, but the cost of using the power swap system is about 40% of the cost of that fuel, and Shift Clean Energy provides the systems on a pay-as-you-go basis. The crew transfer vessels, which will be owned by Zephyrus Marine, will have the same setup, but offshore. A wind farm service vessel will act as a mothership and a charging station in Japanese waters. Smaller vessels will shuttle personnel and supplies to and from offshore wind farms, and then when they need a charge, They'll dock at the mothership's stern, where the battery swap will take 3 to 15 minutes. But is battery swapping technology a viable pathway to tackle shipping's greenhouse gas emissions? Lucy Gilliam, a senior shipping policy officer at NGO Seas at Risk, said battery swapping technologies are an important piece of the puzzle because they help overcome challenges with charging infrastructure and grid compatibility at ports. And then there's the problem with synthetic fuels produced with renewable energy. These fuels are seen as a key way to bring shipping to zero emissions, but some energy is lost in their production. We need to be putting more of a focus on, on electrification and finding all of the different innovations that can support electrification, because this is a much more efficient use of renewable energy. There's huge losses converting um, electrical renewable energy into any sort of synthetic e-fuel, no matter which one you're talking about. So if you can use those um, electrons directly in a battery, that's the best, you know, the best, best thing to do. Obviously, there are issues about how, the range and how far you can go. Um, but I definitely think that these battery swap business ideas help overcome some of the barriers that exist. One of battery's key challenges in shipping today is that they're only viable on vessels with a limited range. But the technology has been advancing rapidly, and Gilliam thinks that will continue. I think that in the last 10 years, we've seen a huge number of, of projects that people didn't believe were initially possible. You know, we've got Roro ferries, we've got, you know, fully automated electric uh, feeder ships. I think we'll see a lot of electrification going on in, in inlands and, and, and coastal shipping. And I think from there, as the technology develops, then we will see sort of more deep sea shipping. But Electrification will be a key part of the system change, whether we're also combining it with wind technology or we're combining it with synthetic fuels. It will be part of a system on board to be able to balance the energy on board. But what do producers of battery swapping technology need from regulators to generate demand for this innovative solution? Perry thinks that what is first needed is a global carbon price, as well as legislation that provides benefits and tax credits to help close the gap between the cost of green shipping and fuels that pollute. We do need a global carbon credit system to rationalize the investment everybody is making in terms of delivering zero emissions. That's important. 
Currently, the value of a carbon credit in Singapore is five Sing dollars. The value in Canada is $45 Canadian. The value in Europe is about 75 euros. In the United States, it ranges from zero to five to $15 a ton. So that creates uncertainty and slowness of adoption. And he said financial partners are needed to be able to build fleets of battery-powered ships and the charging infrastructure to support them. Because with PowerSwap, you don't want to do one ship. You want to do 10 or 20. They're going to operate under the same facility. And the capital investment is quite high for us in terms of building the power swap stations and the inventory that we can swap the batteries in and out with. In the meantime, the Hydromover is nearly ready for prime time. It's constructed and a demonstration is scheduled for later this month. It'll be launched in June. Here's more on the environment and the business of the ocean. The Green Seas newsletter caught up with a project by Mitsui OSK Lines that is developing another innovative ship. The Wind Hunter would be powered by wind and use some of that energy to produce hydrogen. The ship will then be able to run on hydrogen when the winds die down, keeping it emission-free at all times. Construction is slated to begin in 2024. Sign up for the newsletter at tinyurl.com greenseas. My colleague Holly Burkett reports that agriculture giant Cargill and ship owner Jay Lauritsen have teamed up to build a pair of methanol-fueled bulk carriers. Jay Lauritsen would order the vessels at Japan's Suneshi Shipbuilding and charter them to Cargill for seven years. Its chief executive, Christian Morch, described the deal as a way to participate in shipping's decarbonization. Read Holly's story at tradewindsnews.com. Tradewinds reporter Bob Rust has written an opinion piece exploring why U.S. officials deny seafarers their liberty while holding them as witnesses when investigating pollution allegations against ships. He pointed to the detention of a vessel called the Donald, whose captain and five crew members have been held in a hotel in San Diego even though the vessel has gone free, and even though the Justice Department claims they are not detained. Bob argues that such cases are a violation of human rights. Music for this episode is by Roman Senec Music from Pixabay. <laughs> <laughs>